Well, hey guys, welcome to the Bowhunting Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Um, this intro is going to be uh, pretty short. I don't really have a ton of uh, updates to do uh, other than turkey season is over. And, uh, you know, I was only able to get out a few times, like I said last time, and uh, no, uh, you know, no success for me, that kind of thing. No, um, I'm not sure if I talked about this in the last intro or not, but I only had a few encounters, never really was able to call in any toms, had uh, some hens come in several times, which was kind of cool. I saw a bunch of hens, uh, just wasn't to be this year, you know, wasn't able to get out at the times that I really wanted to, but I did find uh, some really cool areas to scout, uh, both for, well, to start off as turkey, but definitely for deer. So pretty, you know, just pretty much looking forward to that. Summer has started. It is uh, first week of June as we speak. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in hell because I, I, do, I don't like the heat. I don't like heat. I don't like humidity. It's disgusting. And I'm just waiting, just biding my time waiting for October. That's when I'm happiest. So anyway, I don't know if some of you guys are like that too. I know some of you just really live for the summer and summer activities, but there is absolutely nothing that I do in the summer that is remotely even interesting to me uh, outdoors other than, um, you know, like playing with my daughter or stuff like that outside. But uh, that's that's dad duty. It's not because I actually like being outdoors in the summer. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. So um, yeah, other than that, actually today's uh, guest is a guy by the name of Matt Eldred. And he has a YouTube channel called uh, Matt's Wild Point of View. And uh, not a ton of stuff out there. We talk about that. He's relatively new. He, um, as far as uh, putting out some content. And uh, I, I came across his channel just, you know, perusing, you know, traditional archery stuff. And he has uh, several videos out there at the point, at, the, at this point in time. He has um, a, a bow hunting one. That's, uh, I'm sorry, a bow fishing one that's pretty good. Um, he's got a longer kind of review on uh, the hill style bow. Um, so that's why I really wanted to talk to him. And, you know, pretty, pretty interesting guy. You know, he, um, longtime hunter. Uh, you know, he, he shoots a lot of, a variety of different bows and we get into talking about all that kind of stuff and how he came up and, uh, how he came up shooting and, and his, you know, his style and, and all that kind of stuff. So really, really cool guy. Um, definitely look for more stuff out of him. Uh, we talk about the fact that his internet connection isn't all that great and it takes him forever to upload stuff. So, uh, it seems like he's, uh, really on board with, uh, trying to put out some more video content out there, but just, you know, ha- hasn't had. Um, the speed, the internet speed to be able to, to put stuff out there, but I, I think he's going to get get all that solved, and you're going to see a lot more out of him. Really, really cool guy, fun guy to talk to. It was kind of, you know, we didn't really know each other. It was kind of like spur of the moment, like, hey, you know, I kind of started watching you, you want to do a podcast? And uh, sure enough, we uh, got together. It was a great conversation. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad I got a chance to talk to him, so definitely check out his stuff. And uh, I guess uh, the other point of business is, uh, you know, thank you everybody who buys everything through any of the links I put on my YouTube channel, uh, the Boning Soul YouTube channel. It definitely helps. Those clicks through Amazon uh, certainly uh, certainly help, and so does spreading by, you know, by word of mouth. You know, I don't advertise anything. I say that all the time. So anytime you can talk to anybody about uh, the Boning Soul podcast or the YouTube channel or anything like that, it's greatly, greatly appreciated, especially when you guys leave ratings. Uh, that is super, super important. So tell a friend, tell five friends, put it on social. Uh, I really appreciate it. So anyway, uh, without any further ado, here is my interview with Matt Eldred.
Cool. There we go. Recording. All right. Uh, Matt. Matt Eldred. Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the Boating Soul Podcast. I appreciate it. Oh man, thank you for having me. It's it's uh, the you're the first person to get a hold of me and ask, and I was more than happy to do it. Oh, good, good. Uh, so, like you said, you were a podcast virgin, so uh, you know I'm, I'll, I'll be easy on you. <laughs> yeah, be gentle. <laughs> so, you and I were talking briefly uh, um, before we started recording here, and like, so you and I really like don't know each other. I just started recently, like relatively recently, following you, um, both on, uh, on on Instagram and, and on YouTube and stuff. And uh, you've got a channel, and it's 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 Matt's Wild Point of View, correct? Yep, that's it. I just started it, I believe, uh, two months ago. I could be a little, I could be up to three months, but I think it was two months ago I started that. Yeah, and you don't have a ton of stuff out there, but um, the videos that you do have, I found pretty intriguing. You've got a bow fishing video where you're absolutely just like slaying fish. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you've got um, you got a couple of trick shooting stuff I see that you do, and then uh, you've got a kind of like a longer, um, uh, kind of like a, a love of the hill style bow kind of video out there too. So I thought, huh, I want to talk to this guy. He sounds he sounds pretty interesting. So um, yeah. I'm glad we can actually do this uh, do this on a on a on a Friday night. So I appreciate it. Absolutely, it worked out good for me. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I actually put that that video up as uh, the one you're talking about with. Uh, the hill style bow as more of uh, just kind of practice um, to get used to YouTube. That's mm-hmm. that's the one that seemed to take off. So that's kind of funny you mentioned it. Yeah, you know it's 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 really weird with um with with YouTube analytics. You know, I'm I'm sure w- once you start putting more stuff out there, you'll you'll see that. Um, yeah. I'll like I'll put out something. Now this is good and bad because it's super super targeted. Um, I'll put out a video on I don't know the last few that I did on any of the traditional bows I have right the, the Grizzly I put one out on the on, on the uh, Java Man, yep. um, you know whatever uh, the uh, the Northern Mist too that I that I kind of had for like a day or two. Um, right. And that gets a for me a bunch of views is like you know in the hundreds you know immediately and then it'll go it'll grow from there right, right. Um, I, I don't get like thousands of views you know a week or whatever but um, for me that's good if I yeah. do anything that's even remotely different than that right like I recently sold all my comp my, my compound and this and that but I did a video on like how do you you know how, how to you know how to you know prep your prep your bow for you know preseason or uh, how to buy a cheap uh, you know get in a hunting front or 500 bucks right it has like like yeah, in the, in the single digit some of not single maybe like double digit views and I'm like how how you know it's all archery right. if I put something else out about like how to sharpen a knife or or cooking you know like venison you know like wild game or whatever it's like it's like crickets right yeah to to me it's one of those things that it's like uh how am I going to say this? It's a great uh, tool, YouTube is. It's a great tool to uh, to find information that um, otherwise you probably wouldn't get to hear. Um, at least if you're out in the middle of nowhere like me, it's not like you can just run run down to the library real quick and get a book on that. Yeah. Um, I, I live 30 minutes from the nearest town, so it's it's an uh, easy tool for me to use. And I decided, you know, if I got knowledge on something somebody might want to learn, I might want to throw that on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same same reason I kind of got started in it too. You know, there was a bunch of stuff out there, and I thought, well, 
you know, I'm 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 farther along than a newbie, let's say, and I'm certainly not as farther along as someone who's been doing it for you know a long, long time. But if I can contribute, I'm going to do that. You know, so it's it it's it it helps me out too because I just like when you say you know you learn the most by teaching. You know what I mean? It kind of oh, makes you right. reevaluate. Like, huh? Do I? You know, you you might have this thought in your head, like, and you might have believed it, but when you actually start verbalizing it. It's like, do I really believe that, or am I just kind of spewing this out? So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a good, good kind of gut check. But um, right. so, uh, so where are you? Where, where do you, where do you live anyway? Uh, I mean, the tiny little town. It's not a town. It's more of just uh, one road and a whole bunch of farms uh, called Dowling, Michigan. Okay. Um, I guess the closest thing to that that somebody might know would be Hastings, Michigan. Okay. Um, I know you're a Michigander. I'm not a Michigander. I'm a Minnesota guy, but I know you guys all like to point, you know, uh, with, with, with your hand. I was actually just doing that. You can't see me. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what town's close. That's the way we do it. We just look at a palm. (laughs) So so it's about that central, you said central-ish kind of Michigan or? Yeah, it's south. um, It's uh, southwest Michigan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you said, so you, um, I mean, did, did you, did you, did you grow up hunting? Did you grow up, um, you know, yeah. with, with, with a bow or how, how did, how did you kind of evolve when you were, when you were younger? Man, um, I just grew up doing, grow up, um, let's see, my, my first real hunt was probably, you know, I was three or four years old with my dad, um, oh. you know, as far as actually, um, uh, getting out and and seeing something a game being taken uh, something being shot so <clears throat> before that um i don't remember that far back obviously but he tells me you know that he just always kind of uh, took me along with him i was like his little buddy so i just kind of was just i don't know anything else i just grew up doing it and um he fed a whole bunch of us kids doing it so it made perfect sense to keep doing it and uh, when were you, or how old were you when you first? Uh, was that was that with a rifle? Was that with a bow, like or shotgun, or how does how does that work? Um, for you when I were... was just there for, I would just go with him and sit with him. Um, he was a bow hunter, but he didn't take me bow hunting with him. Obviously, a four year old has a hard time sitting still. Yeah. Um, so the first game that I seen taken was uh, I think rabbits first, and then um, as soon as I could learn to sit still for a period of time. Um, of course, I watched him shoot a lot of white tails, and as I grew up, um, he'd take me hunting with him more and more. You know, towards teenage years, it was uh, you're kind of you're on your own a little bit. But I remember a lot of a lot of times when I was in my, you know, ten, eleven, when he would be like, "Man, we got the weekend. Um, we're gonna head over to the family farm and and go hunting. Do you want to go?" And I'd be like, "Absolutely." <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, so when, uh, when did you first, I guess, then like pick up the bow? Uh, I guess we can kind of get into that and again, kind of walk us through your uh, progression with that. Yeah. Um, so my grandma, um, used to make all these little stick bows for us kids, all of our grandkids. Um, it's kind of funny cause I actually, I live in the house that we used to do that. Now I took over the family farmhouse here, but, um, so all of us cousins would get together and you know how kids are, man, you got to do something to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she thought she was an Indian anyway, man. So she would go out and, and cut a bunch of saplings 
and kind of just loosely tiller them. Um, <laughs> they weren't like professional bows or anything. They were literally just a, a sapling that she would whittle more on the bottom, the thicker part of the sapling, than yeah. she would on the top. So it bend somewhat even. And uh, she just let us go to town on shooting whatever we wanted out in the yard. And it kind of just was one of those things, man, you give a little boy a bow and it just sticks with him. So I just went from there. It's kind of innate, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, you, you put something like that in someone's hand and it's like you, you kind of you don't really need to encourage him much because it kind of like it encourages itself. I mean, do you agree with that? It's yeah, just, absolutely. You put a bow in someone's hand, they're like, I think I want to shoot this. <laughs> yeah, it, and if you leave them alone for more than 10 minutes, they're shooting the dang thing straight up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> See where it rains down. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's let's play the who's bravest game. So you pretty much had like basically uh, like a hand whittled uh, piece of piece of wood in your hand since since the get go. Um, yep. I'm I'm guessing uh, you know you you progressed to you know like obviously like you know laminated bows stuff you would buy kind of thing. Um, yep. Did you did you ever did you go down like the the uh, recurve path or the longbow path or did did it not matter matter how did you uh, I, how did you kind of navigate that? I got started real heavy into building bows. Um, just building self bows, if yeah. you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started with white wood, you know, hickory and, uh, a lot of elm cause elm was pretty available. And then, um, after I got decent enough to not break bows anymore and started being able to tiller a bow out that was halfway decent. Um, I went and graduated Osage bows and, you know, Osage bows led to, the hill style bows like the one in the the video you were talking about and then from there i just kind of went nuts <laughs> i got now i got more bows than i know what to do with you know every every shape and size reflex deflex and i got a couple recurves and pretty much any long bow you can think of really yeah what, uh which which one do you gravitate towards more i know you did like the one on the on the hill bow there but um is, is that kind of like your favorite or um it really depends on what I'm doing. If I'm uh, recreational shooting, uh, I, I'm kind of a tall guy, so I got a big long draw, and those those bigger bows like that are super stable for me. So mm -hmm. if it's just like recreational, I'm just going to shoot at a target for a while. Typically, I'll I'll gravitate towards something over 64 inches. Um, so yeah, like a hill style, or even like the Montana long bows, pretty good plinking bow. Um, but if I'm hunting, I uh, I did actually hunt quite a bit with that hill bow. But um, what I'll do is I'll I'll hunt with something that fits the area that I'm in. If that makes sense to you. No, it it totally does. Um, what uh, I guess um, what what's your I guess preferred me method? I mean, are you in a tree a lot? Are you on the ground kind of thing? Because I I, I kind of. Well, I was going to say, I, I kind of do the same thing, but I mean, most of my bows have ended up kind of shorter. I, I found that I like them, you know, like 56 to 58 inch for like a reflex deflex longbow, uh, right. you know, no more than a 60 inch uh, recurve, you know, um, that, that yep. kind of stuff. And that kind of fits into tree and, and, and I'm comfortable, you know, on the ground with it. Um, you know, so I, I don't really need to tailor what I take to the woods. You know what I mean? Because it's pretty much all going to end up the same size. But, right, um, right. what, what's, what's your situation like? 
So I I hunt a lot of different. I that's what I like about hunting is I can do different things. So if I'm hunting a field edge, I'll usually hunt in a stand. Um, just find a good a good spot and in a reasonably open tree on a field edge is just successful all the time around here. Uh, but if I'm in like the creek bottom or something like that, um, I would much rather tuck in on the ground, especially if it's a high pressured area like public land where they've been shot at. Um, I don't know how the public land is around you, but it's pretty pressured around Barry County here. So if you set up in a tree and the deer's been shot at before or shot before, I've shot a lot of deer that had arrows in them, but they will, uh, they'll tend to be looking in the trees again, you know, um, cause they probably just seen somebody there last week. <laughs> mm. So, so a lot of times I like to set up right on, um, like, you know what a multi-floral rose bush is or wild rose? You know, I've heard that term a lot. Um, but I, I don't, I, I, if you were to put one in front of me versus like another type of bush, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you one from the other. It's, it's loaded down around here with them. Um, they're kind of invasive, I guess, but, uh, so that's like something that I can pretty much go to and know I'm going to get at least get a reasonable shot at a deer. Cause they, they're like, uh, just a super bushy <clears throat> rose bush. They don't actually have any flowers on them, but they have like a million stems. So it's like the perfect camouflage as, as long as you're not backed into it so much that you're getting caught on the actual thorns, mm-hmm. you just kind of use it as a shroud. Okay. And I, I like to do that. Um, I make my own brush blinds and enjoy doing that too. Uh, but lately just, uh, with work in the way that I work for myself, it's times limited to hunt. So I've been using a climber all the time because I just don't have the capabilities to do anything else. If that makes any, any sense to you. It does. Are you, um, it, it sounds like you kind of do a, a mix then of, of private and, and public though, right? Are you, uh, are, yeah. are, are you mostly one or the other? Um, this past couple of years, I've been mostly private, um, because it, like I said before, it's quite a drive for me to get anywhere from where I'm at. Mm. So if I work all day and come home, it would be really hard for me to make it to the public land before I could uh, get any reasonable hunting in. But I, I live five minutes away from the family farm or I can just hunt out back on my own property here. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Hmm. So, sorry, I took a swig of coffee there. <laughs> Throat oh, was getting dry. <laughs> so, um, you're, so you're basically in the house that you said you grew up in, right? Or at least your, your, your uh, grandma's house, correct? So, you go. Yep. And, and I mean, what, what kind of property are we talking about here? Is, is it, is it pretty big acreage? Is it something that you, um, uh, you do a lot of deer management, you know, um, you know, as far as like landscaping and all that stuff too, or, or is it just somewhere that you just kind of have to yourself and you can just kind of chill and hunt? It's kind of, yeah, it's more of a, I can chill and hunt here, but I absolutely do everything I can, um, to hold wildlife here too. It's not a ton of acreage. It's just a small farm. Um, I have about five acres of it to hunt. So what I end up doing is I, I got a big, I'd say acre and a half field, and I usually do something different in that every year I rotate um, whatever I'm going to do. So say I did corn one year, I'll do um, something different the next year just to keep nutrients in the soil there. Um, and that tends to bring deer in all the time. And they're used to that year round. So I kind of got a honey hole out back behind my house. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah that that yeah that's 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 kind of nice um I, you know on the one hand i like public you know right uh but on the other hand too i mean it's it's nice to i don't i don't have private myself i have you know a, a buddy's uh, place that i go up to you know for rifle season you know once a year right. um and and it's re- that that whole property is really not set up like at all for bow hunting um there's a lot of um really thin uh like like poplars and, and things like that there you know uh, yep. just what they call like high stem count, but I mean, they're just, you know, the, some of the stuff is like the size of like your, your wrist, um, or your size of your arm, you know, but there's like thousands and thousands of it. It's kind of hard to navigate through, mm-hmm. but you can't yeah. really get a, get a, get a climb or uh, not a climb. You can't, well, whatever, you can't get a stand in there. Um, and trying to set up on the ground over there, just, I, I've kind of looked around like, man, hey man, you know, maybe if I brought my bow up here, where would I sit? You know, and some, some properties are just not laid out for you to be able to do that unless you do some sort of work to them you know so and of course this isn't my property so it's like okay you know take the rifle up there when i'm unsuccessful again with my bow (laughs) (laughs) you know put a bullet through something and like come home with me you know but it's um yeah it's kind of something that intrigues me because it's 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 a lot of uh it's it's the extra it's, it's one more facet of hunting that people like you know put a whole lot of, of, uh, of, of time and effort, probably money into, um, that I don't have to, you know, cause I already go down so many honey holes, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just always curious how kind of, you know, how, how the other half lives with that, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's a ton of fun doing it. I, you know, I did, um, sunflowers this year. I don't know if, if you're familiar with like the sunflowers that you would feed birds, um, mm-hmm. black oil, sunflower seeds. Yeah. Man. Um, they you can just plant those as a as a food crop for all kinds of wildlife the wildlife low um and they they work really? good for bedding yeah because they're super tall so you'll get deer bedded in them but they'll also eat the big leaves on them and things oh okay okay yeah i never thought of that yeah we've got um well i mean i around me we've got a lot of like oh like marshy uh kind of of, you know marshy sloughs and some you know that i i I guess it's your definition of what what turns from swamp into just marsh versus you know slough versus whatever you know but it kind of runs the gamut and there's river bottoms and and kind of oak what they call oak savannas and and, then you know so we we got we got you know quite a mix but there's not a lot of ag at least where i hunt you know so um the you know the concept of sitting on a field edge just it, it doesn't work for me because there's really no field i can go sit you know no edge i can go sit um that's that's kind of the equivalent of like what you're talking about so right. it, it's 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 a little bit different um you know i I've, I've tried to do the uh you know like the the, the dan infault way you know what i mean where you're trying to get a little bit closer to them trying to you know get get closer to bedding that kind of stuff yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not like a buck hunter. I don't care. I'll, I'll shoot, you know, at this point in my quote unquote career, I'm just happy to actually just be able to shoot something. So right. I'm not really picky. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's been, that's been fun learning. Um, it's, it's just, you know, there, there's just so many other ways that you can set up in areas you can set up that I'm just kind of not, that's not in my wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta work with what you got, you know? Um, a lot, a lot of the public land around here sounds a lot like what you're talking about. Um, a lot of marshes, and but the the woods that are actually there are oak. So mm-hmm. if you can if you can find the, an oak that's dropping, um, 
you're going to you're going to be in the deer if as long as you didn't bust them out getting to your spot. <laughs> yeah, um this past year hasn't been a, a big drop. Um and a lot of times just well this past year I didn't get a chance to get out a whole lot anyway just because of uh like job changes and that kind of stuff and uh you know my my daughter's school and my wife's job and that kind of stuff. So it was it was kind of a kind of a just a scheduling logistical mess, right? So um it could have been raining acorns and you know sometimes they're only heavy for like a couple weeks and that's it right oh yeah yeah and then if it, i might have missed it you know i was me i might have been late to the party and i'm the guy going hey you know where everyone's talking about all this feed tree stuff nothing's dropping <laughs> right, right you know and by the time you get to them i mean yeah you can look at what's fallen and stuff like that but i mean by the time the squirrels get to them or, or things like that i mean it's it's kind of hard to uh you know de- de- decipher you know right what what fell where and how you know how much you know because it just gets like vacuumed up so um but it's fun trying you know i i, li- I like i like trying to to figure out that puzzle that's that's kind of a a fun deal for me um you know part of part of the reason too why i switched to you know trying to shoot something with a stick bow is like you know um it, it, it's just it, it's that you know that extra challenge you know what i mean not that with the compound yeah. it wasn't challenging enough right. but um right. At this point, I'm like, you know, I just really like walking through the woods with this thing in my hand. I can stump shoot as I go and yeah, um, and, and, I'm, and just learn, just learn about, you know, right. just just walk an extra, you know, 300 yards and see what's over the next hill. And like, oh, yeah, I found this. I found that, you know, so um, that's that's it's kind a, of been that's kind of been my connection. Thing. Sorry to cut you off. It's, it's a no, personal, no. it's like a personal connection with a, a traditional bow or a self bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think people really realize that until they shoot one for a, a month or so. Yeah. Um, when you pick it up and walk in the woods, like you were just talking about, and it just feels right. Um, that's like something inside the person saying, this is what I should be doing. <laughs> you know, um, I think with a, I've shot compounds quite a bit too. And with a compound, it's, it's, uh, more like holding a gun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a super efficient tool. But it's I don't have the personal connection with it. Yeah, the few uh, well last last season I don't think I took my compound out at all. Um, and uh, right now it's it's at the local archery shop here up for consignment, so it's been up there for a while. But um, actually, I, I should check on that. Hopefully, it'll sell soon because now's the time that people start buying stuff, you know, or you know, for for the. Um, archery season but um the the previous season you know i I took it out a couple times thinking like oh i'm gonna go to this one particular spot and i'm gonna set up uh in a spot that maybe i might be able to get a little bit longer shot on you know what i mean and two things happen number one um as soon as i started walking in you know i left the car started walking in and i looked down i'm like "Uh, you know i kind of wish i was walking with my stick bow not because it's heavier or anything like that it's just like you look down you're like yeah, you know, I shoot this bow well, and I have a connection with that too because I kind of built the bow and all that stuff. But yeah. like, man, I really want the stick bow in my hand. It, it just feels like I should have that. It's just, you know, something lacking. You know, he's like, I should have brought a different date to this dance kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and the second thing is, I got to the point where I got to the, to the spot where I was going to sit, and um, both times, I should have learned the first time, but both times, I'm like, you know, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm sitting up in a spot where I can take a longer shot, but if I had just kind of opened my eyes and realized that I'm setting up in a spot where I'm st- I'm within stick bow range, well within stick bow range, because I'm I'm setting up close to sign anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, I mean, 
I, I can I can take the ball and be like, oh yeah, it's it, that's you know it's a forty yard lane there, so I should take the compound. But but then when you actually get there, you look down. Well, those tracks are coming by, or that sign is coming by at like you know twelve yards. Right. So so I thought, what am I doing? Just take you know just just take have have some faith and take the bow that you want to take out there. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was that was a fun part. Do you? Um, I, I, we're kind of jumping all around here. I apologize. So I'm kind of. <laughs> spitting out all these questions at you i want to i want to come back a little bit here um so since you pretty much grew up with with this like a stick bow in your hand um you kind of i'm guessing here you you explain did you just kind of like develop your own style and just pick it up and, and not have to think about it or did you have to, uh, you know, get get to a point where you're like, okay, well, I need to evaluate how I shoot, you know, you know, yeah. just kind of go into that. I mean, do you aim? Do you not aim? Is it instinctive? What, what's what's your style? Obviously, when I was when I was just a kid, and all of us cousins were running around with these sticks in our hand, um, there was no form or technique. We were just flinging arrows, you know. We, we'd, I, I can remember my cousin Justin and me um, just literally shooting arrows up into the air in the yard and stuff. I, there was no no form involved. Um, it wasn't until me and my brother Travis got some more serious bows. Um, my my uncle Troy actually, well he's he's my second cousin, but we call him Uncle Troy. <laughs> um, he um, was always good to us growing up, and one of the things he did is bring me and my brother Travis these hundred uh, percent fiberglass longbows that used to be for like a 4-H club or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are you familiar with those at all? Um, I yeah, because they still sell them at Walmart, don't they? Or are they, are they different? Like, I mean, just just we, just one big piece of. Yeah, these are literally just one big piece of uh, fiberglass. Um, oh, they're usually generally they're white, um, and they they're from like the old the old days. They're from like the 40s, uh, 50s okay. even. Um, and they're like a bulletproof, they're perfect for a kid to plink, plink around with, but these ones in particular were a matching set. They're obviously from some kind of a, a youth club. Um, yeah. but that's when I really started saying, Hey, uh, I think I can start to hit stuff with this and started trying to figure out how to aim and things. And I, what I figured out when I was younger is, um, the more the more I tried to aim the bow, the worse off I was. Um, I can remember having like this huge foam piece of round foam in the yard, and I'd put like Dixie cups on it, and uh, shooting, of course, arrows that were just like my dad's broken arrows and stuff, so they weren't spying to the bow or anything. <laughs> yeah, and they'd just fly all crazy downrange, and I'd feel pretty good if I hit the cup one out of five times. Um, but that bow that I was just telling you about, that fiberglass bow, was the first bow that really um, put form in perspective to me. Hmm. And I started looking at, like, old Fred Bear type stuff. Yeah. And he shot, the way that he shot uh, split-fingered like that was the way that it just, because i seen pictures of it, that's just the way I started doing it. I don't do that anymore. I shoot three under. But I got pretty good to the point where, um, if I had an arrow that was halfway spined to that bow, I was out, you know, I, I was plenty confident to shoot a woodchuck or something. There was not enough power there to hunt any kind of big game. And I wasn't old enough to hunt big game anyways. Right. Um, but I would be out back shooting that thing at everything. And I felt pretty confident with that bow. 
Um, but that that form was basically just uh, mimicking uh, pictures. Have you seen like the picture? I, I think the book's called On the Trail of a Bear. Um, it might be a picture in that book. The Trail um, of a Bear. I don't think so. It's a tradition. It's an old traditional story book. It's a it's a Fred Bear. I think that it's uh, it was written not by Fred Bear. I don't believe. I believe it was written by his buddy. But there was a picture that that <laughs> I just copied that form when I was young. And even though I've learned more since then, and I'm a lot better shot now, that's that was the introduction to shooting form. Then when I was a teenager and was able to actually hunt deer, I realized that um, I needed to change quite a bit if I was going to be killing deer out of a tree stand with it. Um, and I had a lot better bow, too. <clears throat> um, I had a compound. So that three, you know, that split fingers with a compound is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, Trigger, and I was just putting arrow after arrow into whatever I wanted to hit, but it never felt good shooting the compound. I shot a deer with it that year and it just was, it was the, the harvest was cool and the hunt was cool and everything, but I I went right back to traditional and I felt terrible because my dad probably saved quite a bit to get me that bow um, for, it was my 14th Christmas. Um, And then, so I would have been 15 when I shot the deer with it, but <clears throat> I felt bad, but at the same time, he I think he completely understood. So I built my – that's when I, I was telling you that I um, went got into building self-bows. Mm-hmm. Um, after I shot that deer with a compound and realized that's not really the way I wanted to do it, I was also um, just a kid, so I didn't have a ton of money to be buying any kind of a nice recurve. And the um, fiberglass longbows and things like that. I even had a couple old bear longbows, but they were only in like the 30s pound range, you know, 34 pounds at 28, stuff like yep. that. And I really felt like I wanted to shoot something more than that. So um, I bought the traditional Bowers Bible set. And when I was a little bit older than that, probably 17. Um, and that was... Well, I, I jumped ahead a little bit. So the the first traditional bow kill I made, I should I should jump back to that because that's probably what you want to hear. Right, either first... way, whichever whichever way, yeah. <laughs> however however way you want to tell the story. <laughs> so the first the the first deer I shot was with that compound. Realized I didn't want to do that, and I went home and started building bows. And I broke a couple before I made a successful hickory bow, and it was um basically just a humongous uh failure of a bow that happened to throw arrows it was um 72 inches tip to tip um and i did that i overbuilt it so it wouldn't break when i was pulling it to my draw and it was only about 45 pounds um but i was patient with it and i i knew its limitations and there was a a young doe probably last year's doe you know a year and a half old doe and she happened to get within bow range, and I felt really confident and put it right through her, and I was just immediately hooked. I just knew that that's what I had to be doing. So that's when I got into, you know, I'm going to get some money around and get more serious about this. I got all the tools um, that, I, that I could be more successful on making good bows, like a draw knife and um, some good wood rasps um, and a good hatchet. <clears throat> 
to remove wood. And I felt like I felt like top dog then. Um, then the traditional Boer's Bible set really made me a successful bower after that. Hmm. And then I was killing deer left and right with them. <clears throat> but um, I had I had a bow gifted to me, and it was a thunder. You know, are you familiar with thunder sticks? Thunder stick, no. Well, it was a it was a thunder stick I had gifted to me, and that was a laminate bow. And ever since I shot that bow, I've been mostly doing the laminate bow hunting ever since. Who who makes that? Is that the company or is it just the name of the bow? I believe it's Jim Reynolds. Um, I think his name's Jim Reynolds. Oh, but the th- the Thunder Child or? Back then, I think it was still called there. It was a, called a Thunder Stick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, there's probably uh, multiple models, and I'm sure he's got different models now. This has been quite a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So so Big Jim's, you know, Big Jim, right? Big Jim's bow company. That's who you're talking about. Nope. Nope. Or- not Big Jim. Um, this is a guy out of Michigan here. Jim. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, you know what? I've, I've heard the name Jim Reynolds and for some reason I equated that with, uh, with big Jim, which uh, his, t- his last it, name is, 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 is eluding me right now, but yes, different, different boyers. Yeah. It might be Tim Reynolds, Jim, Tim. I don't, it's been, I don't own the bow anymore and it's been a long time since I seen yeah. the name on it, but okay. I remember Reynolds was on there for sure. Um, but yeah, that, and then of course Switching to a laminate bow switched my style completely. It added about two inches of draw, and I was more of an aimer at that point. Um, self bows, you, from what I read and and things, um, you really didn't hold them like you do, you know, with your recurve or your laminate longbow. Uh, it was more of a grip it and rip it type situation. Yeah, which they're just I, not meant to be held at full draw, right? Just because they just they're not you know people are going to come apart kind of thing or is is that the reason you you know a good i don't know (laughs) i think i did that mostly because i read that to do that um i didn't have a when i was that young i didn't have anybody around me that did traditional archery so i didn't have any good um, mentors or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so when you read something it just kind of sticks with you um and some i remember reading in there that it stresses the bow limbs out on a self bow to hold to hold it full draw so, um, I just would basically, um, my style when I was getting really good at shooting a self bow and being successful with it, my style was I would put the bow on target. Um, whether it was in a tree stand or off the ground, I would do the same thing. No matter what I would put the bow on, on the spot that I wanted to hit. Then in one quick motion, I would draw the bow and, Later, I found out that I was short drawing quite a bit, but um, the smoothness on a self-bow and on a laminate bow are different. So I would basically put the target or put the point on target, know where that arrow was going to go ahead of time because I was familiar with the bow, and pull to roughly 28 inches, which is about two inches shorter than what I actually draw now. But I would pull it to about 28 inches, and just let her fly and was really successful that way. Hmm. So you pretty much like was like snap shooting, but you made, you kind of made it work for you. Yep. You know? I still yeah. snap shoot quite a bit. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I heard the same thing about, um, like, I, I don't know a ton about self-bows. I mean, you know, I, I know enough, but I, I, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Um, but, yeah, I've heard the same thing where everyone's like, well, you know, don't hold it a full draw. The, the limbs are only meant to be flexed, you know, uh, under that much stress, you know, very, very briefly. You know what I mean? Like, don't right. hold it there and um, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I don't know enough about it. Um, you know, to my, to my mind, if, if you're building the bow, right, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about, you know, drawing the bow and holding it for more than a couple seconds. I, you know, I was just, I was, I was it's just like a design flaw. I got an Osage bow. It's actually sitting right next to me right now that, um, I built it probably 10 years ago and there's time, there's times now when I shoot and I, I will hold that bow and I have not noticed a bit of limb failure in it. So right. I, I don't know if there's truth to that or not. Um, or maybe Osage is just a superior uh, wood, too. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You know, I watch uh, the only like self-bow stuff I watch is like Clay Hayes' stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and and I, I think, you know, that, uh, you know, he's got like those crooked limbs, you know, that have like the little kink in him and stuff like that. I'm yeah. like, man, those things, I mean, it looks obviously he's a really, really accomplished like hunter and, and, and boyer and things like that. So he knows what he's doing with tillering and stuff, but right. I'd really like to actually like sit down and talk to him, um, you know, one day and be like, okay, so, you know, how, how do you go about tillering something like this? How do you account for the, you know, the, the big knot, you know, like three quarters of the way down your limb and how does that affect it and things like that? There's so much to, right. uh, to building one of those things that I know nothing about. And I know if I go down that rabbit hole, that's just one more, one more thing. So I'm, I, I'll end up there, you know, Right. but, um, I, I don't want to go there just yet. Like, just like with, uh, you know, when I was more into, uh, in, into rifles and shooting and stuff, you know, I got into hand loading right. and then I got into casting my own bullets kind of, you know, yep. so I know where, I know where this leads. <laughs> so I'm I, showing some, trying to show some restraint. Now that I've talked to a lot more, uh, traditional archers and things, I kind of find that, um, it's one of those deals where they they started with self bows or they they started with laminate bows and either way they're going to get to self bows because <laughs> it's just it's that next challenge and a lot of us started with self bows because you know just like I said it was affordable we could do it you know we could literally cut down a tree split it and then season the staves and that summer be making a bow for free so right a lot of us, I think, started doing the self-bow thing just because it, we were um, intimidated by the prices of some of the high-end laminate bows. And, or it's like, I want to shoot a long bow, but uh, I don't want to spend, you know, $1,000 on one. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. So uh, how, how into bow making are you right now? I mean, obviously, do you do, I mean, you do it for your own, but I mean, have, have you thought about getting into, you know, like selling them yourself and being, you know, um, um, I, being a bowyer or? Made- I if I would never probably sell one. I I really enjoy doing it, and I think once you start selling stuff, it be it doesn't become enjoyable anymore. Maybe I I just still enjoy it, but I anybody that's wanted one, you know, uh, my buddy <clears throat> when I was younger, when I first started building them, he had mentioned he wanted one, and once I started to be able to get decent at it, I built him one. Uh, my brother Travis, I built him one. I think he still he still shoots that bow too. Um, and then my brother Craig, I built him a bow. So yeah, I was really into it for probably six or eight years. I built a lot of self bows. Um, 
And it's one of those things. I think I re, I always compare it to uh, you know the guys that get into fly fishing, building their own fly rods and tying their own flies. Yep. I definitely compare it to that. It's that same kind of you're always trying something different, and if you're building them, you're gonna say, okay, you know, today I'm gonna build a bamboo rod, you know, or today it's the same with bow building. It's like today I'm gonna build a recurve. Uh, nope, I don't really like that. Today I'm gonna build an English war bow. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, again, it's um, if if I well, just like anything, if I had more free time, okay. Yeah. That's why I don't. <laughs> and my wife wouldn't kill me because it's like, what you're you're doing another you know offshoot of this hobby. Then I, I might that might be something I get into. But right now I'm just I'm just having way too much fun with uh, you know the bows I have and right. uh, you know because I I just like to to tinker and tune and um, you know things like that. So um, honestly, actually, as we speak right now, I'm putting new strength buffs on my Java man. So. <laughs> right. Honestly, man, that that's exactly why I don't build self bows anymore. I was gonna I was. I should have mentioned that. Um, I had mentioned that I, I own my own drywall company and I work so much and I have a little boy now and there's just no time for that. Yeah. Um, you know, laminate bows, you can just pick them up, throw, you know, string it and you're shooting. It's <laughs> just easy. They shoot just, they shoot even better. Um, but I, I'll always have that love for primitive archery and, Every year I still go on, I still do that. I still take out a primitive bow. I just don't do it as much as I used to. Yeah. So let's get into uh, some of these, this, this arsenal of yours then of, uh, of these bows. I mean, if you want to maybe yeah. just kind of hi- highlight a, a few of your, uh, I don't know, a few of your favorites or something, see, you know, what, what, what you shoot more often and what you gravitate towards and um, what you like about them. Um, the bow that I've been the most successful with, over the years has been uh, my great northern uh, little creep if you're it's a 58 inch bow it's real mm-hmm. short it's still a long bow but it's uh just super short it's uh it stacks a lot on me because i have a 31 inch draw so that i don't think is is a recommended um <laughs> well it might be you know I, i'd have to ask uh the i'd have to ask the bowers down there at great great northern they just switched uh, different bowers, so I don't know the new bower real well. Yeah, but, Bob Brum sold. Uh, I think he sold that part of the company, didn't he? And yeah, yeah, yep. So I, but I know Bob pretty well, and I could probably ask him what the recommended draw length is on that, and he might laugh at me if I told him <laughs> I've been drawing it to 31 inches all these years. Probably. Um, but that particular bow um, has killed more critters than any anything on my wall right now. Any other bow on my wall. Um, it's, if you're familiar with them, you know, the handle design on them and, and things then. Yeah. Um, so that's really close to a self bow. You're it's, 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 I mean, it's like a fifties, uh, you know, I mean, if it was a recurve, we'd call it a fifties recurve almost. Right. I mean, yeah, they're suit, they're super, um, simple. They're not like, there's no big indentation or anything like that for your hand to slip into. Um, right. So I think that's why I gravitated toward that bow and why I still gravitate toward it because um, I went from self bows to laminate bows. So that grip just feels supernatural to me. Uh, But that bow's kind of just been hanging this past two years because uh, it's just 
typical wear and tear on a bow. It needs to be uh, refinished. Um, I don't want to take it out and get it wet because a lot of the finish I've literally worn right off of it. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah, I'm pretty hard on stuff. Like I said, I hunt a lot of different situations. So if I'm tucking into a bank or something and my bow's being drug on the ground and all kinds of nasty stuff, I'm probably making people cringe by saying that. But um, I figure, and that's why I like those great northerns too, because they're so plain. There's nothing fancy about them. So I have no problem dragging it around, laying, yeah. it, on, laying it in the dirt while I'm getting stuff ready, things like that. Well, they're meant to be used, you know. I mean, right. I think we all do. Oh, I don't know if you do, but I know I do. I mean, I'll, I'll drop my bow out of a, you know, if I'm coming down at the end of the night out of a tree stand, you right. know, oh, yeah, I, I mean, it. It, it's fallen on to like, uh, in my case, a lot of times, just like kind of fluffy marsh grass, you know, right. but I'll still drop it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know? I've, I've thought that I had mine on my string before and, uh, let go of it and dropped it, you know, straight down like a spear and stuck it in the ground before. Oh, from the bow hook, you mean? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought I had it on the hook. I've done all yeah. kinds of stupid stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's uh, we, we've all done that. No, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't baby my stuff. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the beauty of what's there, but right. uh, I, I, I definitely don't have like any, uh, you know, like you know, wall hangers or safe queens or whatever that you, you might want to call oh. them. So, you know, so, so it sounds like you kind of like the, um, kind of a, like a low wrist, uh, old school kind of um kind of grip i mean is that is yeah. that right that's what that's what i gravitated towards um it just felt super comfortable to me but lately honestly i've been um well i i just did a bow review on a three-piece takedown and they all got those big uh you know almost like a recurve grip on them and honestly after shooting that for a while i could see no problem switching to that now too um because it it's a lot less uh, stress on my wrist and mm -hmm. doing drywall work and and finishing work my wrists are really bad actually i'm dealing with a uh, wrist injury right now um, oh really but i found that 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 grip um was easier on my wrist so you know uh you might see me shooting something like that a lot more now just so i can i can it's just more I natural i mean you know to to me to me it's right. just like a more I, natural um just the way your wrist wants to sit and your hand wants to sit i mean if you were to put your um you know kind of kind of sort of make a fist curly fingers and, and you just kind of stick your arm out you know your 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 arm or your hand rather it can't set a certain natural angle it, it tilts right. forward at a certain natural angle and the close i find the closer you know i am to that with a bow the less i have to think about grip and the less i have to think about that the better i can shoot because i can concentrate on what i'm supposed to be concentrating on right right yeah, I know a lot of people that um, they they will not shoot anything that doesn't have a, a indentate like a, a, a severe indentation like that, and also they want some mm -hmm. kind of straight line in that handle that they can feel, um, uh, some kind of a reference point, um, almost like a sharp angle. Yeah, you've probably seen shooters like that. And once they start doing that, man, those guys they don't want to shoot anything else. That's that's what they yes. that's what they like. Yeah, I think you're talking about like uh, if it's got like a flat palm and a very defined edge where it right. comes off the palm, the kind of yep. thing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't necessarily have to have it that sharp, but that that flat that flat of that palm is is pretty important to me. Um, you know, uh, 
you you can keep going on 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 your on, on your other bows here, but I mean, I I just I don't know if you saw I I did I did one recently on that Northern Mist uh, uh, classic, and that yeah, is about as straight, you know, um, you know the jokes from from all like you know people that don't like hill bows, you know, like oh it's like holding a two by four and this and right. that. I mean, it kind of is, you know, yep. uh, for me. Some people love it. That's and it's right. it's it's that's their thing, yep. and it's not my thing. I tried it and like nope. <laughs> well. You know, if we all shot the same bows, it'd be boring anyway. Exactly. Um, that's why I got so many different bows on my wall. Um, let's. I got. Are you familiar with any of the Botnik bows or the Bear? I think Bear Paw is his Bear company. Paw. I am. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a few of those. Um, my favorite one of those would be the the Quick Stick. If you're familiar with that bow. That's the 60 inch version, right? Uh, I think it's 62. I want to say it's 62. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah, I think the the slick sticks are fifty eight, and then the quick stick I thought was the little bit nicer finish, little bit kind of upgrade, quote unquote. But I think those are those were sixty, or at least the ones that I looked at last time. But yeah. Yeah, I could run down and grab one real quick. Nah, it, either it, way, I don't. Yeah. I think it's a short. It's a short bow. It's highly reflex, deflex, and it's uh, just a sweet shooter. It's soup. It's my also my lightest bow. Um, you know, just in the hand, not pound it, not draw weight wise, mm-hmm. but um, as far as just picking it up, that's the lightest bow I own. It's just, I, it's like they made it out of air or something. I'm like, how, how in the heck did they do all these laminates in this handle and make this bow so light? <laughs> yeah, they're they're feather light. I, uh, I, I, when I say I test it, okay, like no one sends me these things. You know, I'll buy them cheap. Um, right. You know, Archer Talk, do a video on it, see if I like it, kind of thing. And I did one on the the slick stick um, recurve. I thought I was actually yep. getting the the longbow because they make like a really beautiful reflex deflex longbow, and I thought I wanted right. to try it for a long time. And then uh, I didn't realize when I was buying it from the guy that it was not his fault. It was a recurve. I'm like, oh, okay, this you don't see too many of them. But uh, yeah, I, I said the exact same thing in that review. It's like, man, you could almost feel like toss this in the air and it would like float down. It's 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 right. just so light. Yeah, they're doing something different. I would like to know what they're doing. Some something in their factory is and their process of putting a bow together is different than everybody else for sure. There's a lot of bamboo in those limbs too. And if there's not a very big bow, at least, at least the one I shot and right. whatever they've got their, um, I, I don't, I don't know what their, uh, uh, the, like the laminated riser, you know, whatever the yeah. riser, what is that they use? Um, I don't know what's in that, but it's, it, it doesn't seem to be a lot of beef there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's, it's a bigger riser too. It's more like a recurve riser. Mm-hmm. and it, there's not a lot of weight to it it's just it's impressive to me um but i shoot that bow really well for being a long draw kind of guy that bow don't stack on me either uh, so i'll be i'll probably do a review on that bow within the next couple months here um yeah definitely because i mean there's there's uh god who who uh what's his name um is it was it wolfie or whatever what's his name I don't know. There, there's a guy that, that that kind of is affiliated with uh, with Bodnick, and he's got a bunch of uh, uh, slick stick videos and stuff out there. But there's not a ton of other videos on it, so I'd, I'd be curious to to watch another one. Right. Yeah. It it's it's one of my go tos as far as if if I'm going to be just shooting off the back porch or something, I pick that bow up all the time. But there's bows that I got that don't see only but two or three days of use every year too. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you familiar with any of the old school uh dan quillen 
uh, archery traditions bows? Uh, no, I'm not. I know the name, but I, I don't know any of his uh, any of his models. I got I got one of those that I've I have yet to see anybody <clears throat> else have. I'd be curious if anybody else shoots one at all. But it's a ridiculously big, ugly thing. It's got a <laughs> walnut riser on it, and it's uh, shaped like a like a gall style. You know what a gall style bow is? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Um, it's a little bit different. But it's it's called they he calls this bow the gall, but it's like it's a it's like a seventy plus inch bow and it's like two inches wide on the limbs. It's insanely ugly and big, massive. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> but for some reason I love to shoot it. Um, but it only you know I have to dust it off when I do because it just doesn't see much use. It's super impractical to try to hunt with or anything like that. Um, I've never do those, do those limbs sound like a turkey taken off because they're so wide when you shoot them? Yeah, or yeah, is it, it was like a quiet bow. It, <laughs> uh, as far as string thump, it's it, it's a quiet bow. Um, but as far as when you're standing next to the bow, yeah, you can hear the limbs. Um, it, it's super stable like that though. It it almost shoots it almost shoots like a like you're supposed to be doing target archery with it. Um, does it does it look like one of the bear Tamerlanes like that kind of uh, that kind of look um, where it's kind of got like the flared out you know uh, I don't know like the flared out riser kind of thing or maybe, maybe I could just look it up but I, th- yeah. I think I know what you're talking about it's I, it's it's those uh, um, I don't know I call them like they're, they're not ornate as far as like uh, you know checkering or, or anything like that on there I call them ornate bows you know but right. Um, they kind of got like all kinds of they got a lot of flair i think this uh, <laughs> no this is the ugliest thing you ever seen it's just uh um all it's got is walnut and uh bamboo that's it and it's not tempered bamboo or anything like that it's strictly just walnut and bamboo and then a mm-hmm. big old thick layer of glass on both sides of it <laughs> yeah oh i'm looking at them now i, was, I just googled it so yeah okay I, I i see what you're talking about yep that's uh <laughs> That, that, that's a flared out bow <laughs> yeah it was so ugly i had to have it <laughs> um and then of course i got a lot you know in the room that i'm in now i got a lot of the bows that i made um and they just they're just fun to look at because it's one of those things it's like yeah i made that bow i took animals with it it just feels good um but i i got bear i got like a bear montana and i think i got no, I don't have the recurve anymore. I got rid of the recurve. Um, what else do I got? I got so many, it's hard to remember all of them. Um, I've been collecting them for a long time, too. I have uh, some old Ben Pearson bows. Um, I really actually like shooting the old Ben Pearson. Um, there's one in particular that I bowfish with constantly. And there's also an old Colt. Are you familiar with any of the Colt recurves? the ben pearson colt yeah i think it's i it's it's got a symbol like the old gun company but i don't think it's oh okay okay yeah yep yep but i bow fish with with one of those that my uncle gave me all the time all the problem with that bow is he shot it his whole life and then i shot it for years and the limbs are just shot right out of it Mm. but that's that's kind of a neat bow to look at um but the by far the the prettiest stuff that i got is uh has got to be like the more high-end type 
type bows. Um, the Great Northerns are super pretty in their own their own simplicity kind of way. Um, that that hill style bow is uh, black locust and coffee wood in the handle. So that's kind of a neat bow if you get up close to it. Um, that sounds but, pretty. Yeah, it's a, it's awesome. It's an awesome looking bow. Uh, I just recently um, am getting a built a bow built a three piece takedown built for me that will probably be the prettiest bow I own, um, and that's uh, Benoit bows out of Texas. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He's he's building me a, a takedown his takedown model right now, um, and that'll probably trump all the rest of them. I just from looking at pictures and things. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, pictures of those. Um you know, get, get put out on, you know, just various Facebook groups, you yeah. know? Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they look, they look really, really pretty. Um, they, they do, is, is, is it going to be, oh no, you said it's a three piece takedown. Never mind. Um, yep. I, I've seen a lot of like the, uh, like the hill style stuff that they have out and some of like the forward handle designs they have out. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to get one of the forward handle hill style bows real bad. Um, it was, it was one of those deals where when I was when I was talking to him, I was either going to get the forward handle hill style bow, or I was going to get uh, a takedown. And I got a tree saddle that I'm going to be hunting with mostly this year, and I'm I'm not familiar with a saddle, so I'm going to have to get used to it mm-hmm. this summer. But um, the hill style bow out of a saddle just seemed like a disaster, so <laughs> I went with a a short a shorter three piece takedown. And I really like that his he's got kind of his own design, um, almost like uh, uh, similar to a, a widow, like a black widow, with the limbs bolt to the back, but not mm-hmm. not quite. I mean, it's it's still different enough that it sticks out like a sore thumb if you were to put it next to any other bows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, totally different design. Yeah. The. Um... Okay, so so not 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 exactly an expert here on shooting stuff out of a saddle, but I've been trying to shoot something out of a saddle for the last two years. Yeah, uh, and you know, to whole, whole another like rabbit hole conversation we get into. But right. um, the biggest thing with I'm I'm going to tell you right now is have a uh, sturdy uh, platform and uh, be able to kind of not necessarily walk around the tree, but be able to brace yourself uh with you know because you have one foot let's say on and then like brace yourself with your other foot to be able to steady yourself if you do that um then then you find you find angles and you know like i said i've just just the videos that i've watched you shoot you know the the hill bow or whatever um you you know you guys when i say you guys you hill shooters uh, especially can you know you figure out ways to cant that thing and hold that thing uh, it, it all angles, right. To, right? to be able to make it work. So I think once, once you get that, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't like tree stands cause I'm, you know, I, I just don't like the wobbly factor and I just, I, I can't yeah. place my feet. Right? right. But when I was in a saddle, I'm like, man, cause you're constantly under tension. Yeah. Um, it was so much more comfortable for me and I can actually concentrate on, um, you know, like just taking, well, in my case practice shots, but no, actually like taking shots rather than, uh, you know, wondering like, oh, is was was that? <laughs> why, why did the platform move? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, <laughs> you know, my 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 stomach just lifted up a couple, you know, a couple inches because you know I feel like, oh, you know, um, yeah, that's 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 definitely going to be a biggie. But uh, I I think no matter what you choose, you, you're going to be able to 
to to figure it out in the saddle honestly yeah i'm super familiar with a saddle because i used to do a ton of tree work as well um i used to top trees out for different companies and things like that so i'm really familiar with that type of situation just not hunting yeah you'll be um, set but the the thing that i that drew me toward it is you know i, I got a family now and it's like uh supposedly everything i read says it's the safest uh form of hunting out of a tree that there is because like you said you're constantly tied in um there's there's no nowhere to go i see people that um that write online you know on, on a lot of the traditional forums and stuff they talk about falling asleep in their saddle all the time so i'm like well mm-hmm. if it's if it's that safe <laughs> i i lean more towards that just because i'd like to spend a lot of years teaching my kid how to hunt so the safer i can hunt the better no, absolutely. Um, and, and I think no matter what you do, it's as, it's as safe as you make it. You know, I mean, you can be just as safe in a tree stand because, you know, m- most most of the, I mean, you know, the statistics, most of the st- statistics are uh, either not just necessarily just climbing the tree, um, but get, getting into your stand from your, you know, the transition from your sticks onto the platform, right? Um, right guys aren't uh aren't, aren't tethered in they're, they're not you know uh, harnessed in that kind of stuff and then you know when, once they're in they're like oh yeah i got my you know i'm hooked to the tree but the transition from the steps to the platform is is i guess like the 78 percent of all like falls i think is, is something astronomical or whatever but um okay. yeah you uh the, the there, there's a lot of options for some really really good uh good rope um for for, for trees for tree saddles and i and i carry um shameless plug i got a video on it too um i carry two you know I, i'm using this eight millimeter oplux rope um which is just ridiculously strong and it's really pliable really small um and you know if, if you're going to climb uh, i do the one stick climbing but if you're going to use like right. sticks or whatever to climb with you should probably be uh climbing with a lineman belt anyway and yep. you know to my mind you can do double duty i have two tethers of the exact same length and if i need one to climb with you know um then i'm gonna need one to climb with. so so it's with me anyway so once i get in the tree i just stack them i just use two tethers you know two tethers two carabiners and i tie an extra bridge into my saddle um right you know which for me it doesn't bother me at all the, like the you know the the tether the uh, the bridges are different lengths um so theoretically they will like squeeze your hips or not squeeze your hips like differently but yep. i don't f- i don't feel it you know what i mean right and i just feel better being up there with a redundant system with with ropes i'm gonna carry with me anyway so why not have it up there and it there's it's so un- and these ropes are so small so, so uh, diameter wise that when they're stacked one on top of each other it's almost like one thicker rope and it's not like you know the second one's getting in the way and right. it's just it's, it's just extra peace of mind for me and you know that's that's just the way i'm, I'm gonna you know, that's just the way i do it do, do you find yourself shooting off the far side of the tree now that you with your, with your saddle the far side of that you mean um if i'm facing the tree like right. like past the tree kind of thing or yep, yep. okay so again this this ties into what i was saying with um uh have a really really sturdy platform right or at least something you can brace yourself against and but what i mean is i i always kind of refer to like the you know like the captain morgan stance you know what i mean where you got one oh, yeah. leg kind of like raised a little bit uh, like you're you're sturdiest when your feet are kind of count your legs are kind of like, counterbalancing each other right to support right. everything um 
a lot of times if you're on, let's just say you're just shooting off sticks or if you're standing on like a small platform, your feet are like really close together. You don't really have them far apart and they're not really working against each other to kind of steady your body. That I try to get away from. So the better you can do that and kind of maybe um, brace either against the tree or if you have like a wider platform, then you can have your feet a little bit farther apart. Then, yes, you can kind of swing around and be right. able to brace because you're a pendulum. I mean, like it or yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, now you see all the videos. You can shoot 360 all the way around. Well, theoretically, yes, but in reality, probably not unless you right. got really, really good, you know, base to work off of. Because I'm going to tell you what, if the tree has any kind of lean to it, and most of them do, you uh, swing around to that side, you're, the gravity's gravity's going to win. You're, you, right, you are right. the pendulum. You're <laughs> going to find the low spot. Right. And trying to, you know, trying to steady yourself as you're, you know, kind of pendulum penduluming, you know, back and forth um, is, is it, you know, it's going to be a lot more work and a lot more movement. Um, you're going to scrape the tree more, more sound, that kind of thing. So, right. um yeah, I'm I'm trying to find like the best uh, uh, kind of platform, uh, you know, stick top, whatever, to be able to, you know, just just to just to get my feet far enough apart and push kind of opposite one another to be able to steady. So long answer to your question. Theoretically, yes, but I but it's it's not nearly as many angles as as, as the videos would would have you seen. Okay, right. My I'm, opinion. I'm gonna find it all out here. Real, real quick. Anyway, I, I try to pick everybody's brain on it before I get up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, you, once you get up there, honestly, and especially since you've got like, like tree climbing experience, it'll, it'll honestly, it's, it's like, it's like second nature, right? You're like, Oh, this is, this feels good. This feels secure. That, you that's know kind of what I figured. I figured it yeah. would just feel more comfortable for me just cause I'm, I'm used to that anyways. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll do fine with that part of it. Like I said, the, 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 the other, I guess, I don't know, however many percent of it is actually figuring out just how do I stand? what do, How do I brace? You know, how do I move around? And, and you know, what shots can I really take? And, and that kind of thing. But that's that's just going to come from, you know, ha- hanging up in a tree and just, just shooting and, you know, take, taking practice shots. You know, again, I haven't shot anything out of a tree, uh, you know, out, out of a saddle. So, yeah. Um, take that for what it's worth, but I do practice a lot you right. know, and I, I right. do spend a lot of time hanging up there and that's just kind of been my experience. So, right. You got to practice to be able to be good and confident out of it anyways. Exactly. Exactly. But I think you're going to like it. It's, it's so, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's pretty light. It's pretty compact. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good deal. So, um, okay. So we are, I don't know, we're a little bit our, past an hour here what i wanted to get into to uh kind of kind of briefly touch on is um your uh your your arrow setup you know yeah. do you um you know it do, do you kind of like like geek out over any of this stuff i mean i know you build bows yeah but, i get um, i get crazy you know? into all of it man i i build my own arrows too do you really yeah like yeah. Uh, like wood arrow kind of thing or like you just like like you know like build your carbon arrow kind of thing uh yeah both yes okay. yes and yes <laughs> um <laughs> I, I if i'm shooting self bows i prefer river cane um for a shaft or bam, bamboo river cane type shaft um but out of my um laminate bows um cedar you know i like a good cedar arrow but i constantly find myself picking up a really good set of carbon arrows because they're just so much more durable yeah yeah, and I 
I'm big into the FOC and things like that on my carbons. Um, so, so what do you, what do you run in then as far as, uh, oh, I don't know, overall, like, like I, I haven't even really asked your poundage or anything like that. So kind of just kind of run through that kind of setup, I suppose. And then, and then, um, yeah. so I shoot, uh, extremely, um, heavy compared to what most guys are shooting. And I know people tell me all the time that I don't have to do that. So, um, you, you can tell me that if you want, but I'm going to keep shooting heavy bows. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I shoot upwards above 70 pounds at my draw. Um, and it depends on the bow, you know, poundage depends on which bow I'm hunting with. Uh, like I said, that short, uh, 58 inch bow that I was telling you about the great mm-hmm. Northern little creep at my draw that stacks quite a bit. So I'm shooting a lot of poundage out of that. Um, but typically I like to stay around 75 pounds. Um, and then if I'm shooting, uh, a cedar arrow out of that bow i'll i'll run 190 grain on the end of it um no uh no funny business on the end of it just uh strictly a just a point just a 190 grain practice point if i'm practicing and then 190 grain um broadhead if i'm hunting i don't do any of the um funny business that people do with the the cedar arrows mm-hmm. um my broadheads that I like to shoot um, are the Battle Axe uh, from Centaur Archery. If you know, if you're familiar with Jim Neves at all, yep. Um, really, really like those broadheads. Um, I the poundage I shoot, I'm not worried one bit about penetration. I blow through pretty much everything with that setup. Um, and something about those broadheads just makes the deer go down i mean i've seen more deer drop in sight with those using those heads than any other head i've used um and if i'm shooting the the carbon setup um then i'd get super in the you call it geeked out but yeah i get super geeked out about that i'll i'll do um something different every year i just like to know um what works i'll do anything from big big inserts big heavy inserts and uh, uh, just 125 grain broadhead, or I'll run um, 275 grain on the end without any insert. Um, I've done I've done all of it. I just find that weight forward helps. I don't care how you achieve it, and I and I'll probably do something different next year than I did last year. Um, besides the broad the the style of broadheads, I still stick to either like a Simmons tree tree shark style or uh the centaur battle axe um, so so those are pretty similar shapes um right to I, I, yeah so yeah um i think um i well i know uh mark harrison i don't know if you watch uh omnivores homestead um yep. he, he shoots love... right yep. yeah he shoots those and he's shooting like uh he's shooting a centaur bow too but he's shooting like i think like well a lot lower poundage like 43 to 48 i think i think he said he's down to 43 this year and he right. blows through pigs and stuff too with with, yeah. with that uh and it's a pretty wide head you know right <laughs> but it's it definitely uh definitely opens them up it seems like right yeah you're talking over over two and an eighth i think or something like that of jeez so you can imagine if you're shooting that on an angle um, you can easily double that size cut if you're shooting at a steep angle or, right. or if the deer's quartering hard, you're going to get one heck of a, uh, entry wound. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But how, how heavy do those arrows uh, come out total? Uh, it depends on, on the setup. Um, you know how um, cedar is kind of, you, you can get close, but they're kind of within, you know, <laughs> uh, as far as arrow weight, you're going to be within 10 grains here and 10 grains there. And just because it's a natural materials. Mm-hmm. Um, but my carbons, let's see, last year I was running over, so let's see, arrow weight. It'd be over 700 with grains with with that setup that I ran last year. Right. Um, and that was with the uh, Victory traditional arrows I got. They're, I think they're called... Yeah, I think it, that is tr- victory traditional arrows. I, I, if you're familiar with with any of their arrows at all, um, I haven't. Yeah, I, I mean, I know victory, but I, 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 I've never shot their shaft, so I'm not. I can't remember what their uh, traditional line is called. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So, yeah, so that's, that's crazy. Even that, that's still even like only ten greens per pound <laughs> for you. Well, I mean, approximately. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Even though it's yeah, and I've been I've I've been all over the map on that too. That's just what I was shooting last year. Like I said, with the carbon stuff, I'm different year to year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a ridiculously heavy arrow. But you got to think the poundage I'm shooting behind it. Um, it 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 all works out in the end. And the draw length too. I mean, that's a. I yeah. mean, that's that's more than a freight train. Jesus, that's a yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it certainly works for you. Um, and then you said you're you're pretty much in, instinctive, but you've kind of switched to three under. But are yep. you st- are you still like 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 pure instinctive or 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 do you have any kind of gap? Um, uh, so you know, how- if I'm shooting at at some, it depends. If I'm shooting at a stationary target, um, I'm basically. If you look at any of my, well, hopefully I get some some more videos up soon. But you'll notice that when I'm really focusing on something small, I will um, tilt my head slightly. Tilt toward my drawing arm and I will bury that arrow under my eye. I mean like right up under my eye. Um, so I'm basically just barreling down that arrow like you would a, a gun barrel. Yeah. Um, and I'm only conscious on the spot to be hit. I'm not conscious on the end of the arrow itself. And I'm conscious of how many uh, paces out I am or yards um, I pace everything out. I'm not, I don't use a range finder. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, if I'm, if I'm 30 paces, my, oh, cause I've shot my whole life, my brain calculates how far that arrow's gotta be, you know, the trajectory of the arrow. Um, but I don't, um, do what a lot of 300 guys do and I don't walk all over with it. Um, if I'm shooting, a 50 yard shot or if i'm shooting a 15 yard shot you're going to see my form is the same i'm i'm tucked right up tight underneath my eye and uh i guess you would you could call it kind of semi instinctive but i'm definitely aiming i'm consciously aiming um but if the target's moving um i'm a snap shooter that's that's a lot to have in your ar- ar- in your arsenal. That's good, I suppose. You know. Yeah. Because you know you you can you can do the aiming, you can do the snap shooting, you can do the instinctive. I mean, that's. Uh, do you, uh, you you said something about pacing everything off? Do you do that when you're 
when you're hunting too and just kind of like mark off uh, certain Absolutely. distances or do you just have like an internal go no-go gauge saying well, you know i mean yeah you got the go no-go gauge but um i'm huge into uh confidence is like key um even though we all i think all of us that shoot a lot we you get that go no-go gauge it's just natural mm -hmm. um but if you are confident you know if i pace if i pace out 20 yards you know if i pace out 20 paces i know if something comes in that it's dead like i have that confidence and i think i shoot so much better knowing a distance like that than i do just climbing up a tree and saying well it's probably close you know okay um, that, that was my real question that's what i'm getting at yeah because because i find sometimes if i if I actually pace off exactly what it is, then my brain kind of thinks too much. Cause like I'll get up in a tree and I'll, or, or with a rangefinder, or let's say I pace it off before I get up there. Right. And I'm right. like, okay, well that stump is X many. And then this tree is X many. And then that bush or shrub over there is X many. And then I'll get in and I'll, and I'll get up there and I'll forget those. I'll double, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, double yeah. guess myself. I'm like, did I say that stump was 17 or was that like 15 or did it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, so that kind of screws me up. I was just curious what it, what it did to you, but you apparently that's the way you prefer it. Yeah. I will, I'll walk up. Um, like it, even if I'm hunting off the ground, it really is the same for me. Um, if I'm walking up to a tree, it's the same as I'm walking up to anything else. I will stop where I think the deer are going to be. Um, I'll pay close attention to everything around that, and then I will pace to the tree. So sometimes that's a lot of paces, and sometimes it's not. So you know, sometimes it's only six paces. Mm -hmm. um, but I I just have that in my subconscious all the time. Um, I I don't have to overthink it or anything. I don't have to use any kind of a uh, electronics to know what I'm shooting at. I just have that stuck in the back of my head okay if this deer comes out at this spot he's this many paces if he comes out you know farther away than that then i, I just have it all predetermined that way either way I, it seems like you're a pretty damn good shot because i was watching some of your um uh i think you just put it out tonight on instagram you had uh you're you throwing some discs in the air you know yep. um shooting those out some of the air, aerial uh aerial archery stuff and <laughs> right <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty good yeah, i more of a snap shooter when I do stuff like that. I, I still pull underneath my eye, but I'm not, you know, it's more of a snapshot. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to, uh, to get more, more time, free time to be able to do more of that kind of stuff. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have terrible internet where I'm at cause like out in the middle of nowhere, there's only so many options. <laughs> um, so I actually have a, like three videos right now but I can't get them to upload to my oh. YouTube channel. But. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. Like I'll, um, like a, like a 10 minute video, let's say might take me, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour to upload right at my right. house. I can go, uh, let's see. Cause I jogged it the other day to the rec center, just down the road here. Um, it's 0.82 miles. Okay. And that's like, that's not, not even as a crow flies if i stay in in their parking lot it's not on their wi-fi this is just on you know like uh what am i on like t-mobile now whatever to sprint right um literally let like a half a mile away and i will upload that thing in about eight minutes right <laughs> it's crazy i'm like i can see my house it's like right there yeah yeah <laughs> what's the difference 
what's the difference? You know, so I'll, I'll go and I'll sit in the parking lot. I'll, I'll drive down. I'll go sit in the parking lot, upload a video, and then come back home. <laughs> I, I'm at a constant battle with all that because I'm like as bare bones as you can get when I'm actually in the field hunting. Yeah. I don't use any electronics at all. I don't use any trail cameras or anything. Um, but as far as trying to get things um, for people to see, as far as social media, uh, YouTube, that kind of stuff, I'm figuring out that technology is a good thing. It's, it's funny. It, I'm, I, I'm constantly on, on, a, on a scale, I feel like, um, trying to figure out how much technology I really want in my life. Yeah, um, I, I, I was I was thinking the exact. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not uh, as uh, you know remote as you are or whatever. But I was thinking had the exact same sentiment tonight when I was watching uh, uh, something again. Going back to Clay Hayes, um, I yeah. think he just you know he's doing that alone series or whatever, and he just he just put out like a little 13 minute kind of like kind of teaser video or whatever. And it, it's just kind of funny, and, and I watch his stuff all the time, and I think I think he's awesome. He is, but, yeah, he definitely you know, is. of all the, the like the primitive, primitive, primitive stuff, you know, and same with like Ryan Gill, you know, with you no know, primitive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, in order to get that that message out, that lifestyle out, the word out, whatever you want to call it, it, it you you got it's you know you you've got you watch you know it's he's he's right. walking around with like a tripod and like you know like a two thousand dollar camera and that kind of thing but uh-huh. um again with with a bow that's like you know got like five different like crooks and turns in it you know what i exactly. mean while he's sneaking up on something it's just it's just a cool dichotomy i, I thought you right. know it, it, it's a neat image to you know it, what yep. we have in our modern modern day world that's that's what we that's what we got going on right now you know that, that's exactly where i'm at with it all too i'm just like what in the world am i doing i just bought this uh real nice <laughs> camera but i don't want to buy a trail camera <laughs> if that makes sense i bring a camera no up uh, the thing. total sense i would i would do the same thing so yeah <laughs> well all right man is there anything else you wanted to talk about here kind of kept you kept you a while and i think i got to be at work in about six hours so <laughs> oh yeah uh, man that's that's totally up to you i i'm <laughs> I'm totally free. I don't have to be to work tomorrow. So yeah, I know. <laughs> if there's any, you already any put up with the headaches you wanted to ask business. me or anything. <laughs> no, I think we kind of touched on everything. You know, we kind of touched on your bows. We touched on your channel. Um, you know, your your shooting style and setups and all that kind of stuff. So I'm 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 looking forward to um, you finding you know some again maybe go a half mile down the road maybe it might work for you. But I'm I'm looking forward to watching. <laughs> watching more more stuff that you put out because yeah. uh it, it's pretty entertaining um pretty, pretty entertaining stuff and like i said you're it looks like you're a pretty damn good shot and uh you know I'd, I'd like to see you know what else you got coming down the pike right yep uh, i have some i have some videos out um but i've found that a lot of them you have to go to my actual channel to see um for some reason you know how youtube is they're not they don't they don't they only show it on on my uh my person my personal channel um so i don't know if it's because i'm shooting animals and being a meanie or <laughs> well i i i only i only follow the one then right matt's matt's uh wild ride right yeah matt's wild point of view that's my point of view one. i'm sorry yeah 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 i i didn't i didn't know you had another one there so no that that's that's the one to follow okay okay yeah um yeah i'm actually switching internet um well i'm trying to switch internet to what you were, you were talking about uh the omnivores 
Homestead and Quivers guys earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably be using the same thing they are because uh, there's just limited options for us out here. And I talk to to Mark all the time, and he's he's super. He's he's actually the one that uh, set me up with YouTube in a channel and things like that. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I I posted something on uh, Facebook saying that I wanted to get into it, and uh, he he got a hold of me, and, and he's helped me out nonstop since. Super guy, super super good guy. Yeah, I've uh, I, I've had him on the show. He's he's very entertaining. I, I like that guy. I like I like what they do. So, um, all right, man. Um, I guess uh, anything else? Uh, any other any like social media kind of stuff you want to put out there where people can people can follow you? Um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram. Um, I have a I think it's under uh, Eldred Matt. I believe it's uh, but it's Matt's wild point of view on there as well. And I try to keep up with that, but um, that's probably going to be more later this summer. I'll have more stuff on there. Um, like I said, I work a lot of hours, and when I'm home, I'm trying to spend time with family. Um, so if I do videos and stuff, it mostly just gets posted to my YouTube channel, um, not not so much toward my social media. Okay. All right. Well, with that, why don't you hang on the line with me here? I'll uh, I'll wrap up, and uh, I want to thank you for, for for coming on. This this worked out great on a on a Friday night here. Uh, it's kind of rare that I can get someone that's willing to oh, <laughs> no problem, <laughs> stay up late. You know, it's you know, dad life and all that. So yeah, no. All right. All right. So um, everybody, uh, if you like this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Really, really important. Uh, leave a rating. Tell your friends. I don't advertise, so any any downloads or anything we yet are completely from you know word of mouth and, and everything like that so i really appreciate it make sure you watch the uh voting soul youtube channel um tons of stuff out there i'm putting stuff out well almost weekly every other week or whatever watch uh, matt's channel too and uh, with that said i'll talk to you guys later thanks